time is already slipping away. Don't want your beans to burn or your roast to burn. It's an honor for me to be here. I love your pastor and his wife. Great people of God. The Chance family is a great family. You are blessed today to have such leadership as you have. And I don't say that just casual. I mean that from the depths of my heart. I've watched him from afar off, and I watched him up close. And he is a tremendous Christian. How many love the master of your soul? You love Jesus? You love the master? If you love your master, you'll love your pastor. And you'll love his wife. Amen. Ain't God good? I know, I know there's expectancy in the house, and we believe that God can do great things here. And it don't take God all day to do it. He's that kind of a God. He's as close as the mention of His name. A response to a spiritual word, a response to a spiritual word creates an atmosphere. And I feel that atmosphere. If you're here today, Pastor, it creates an atmosphere where healings and miracles and signs and wonders can take place. Any need that's in God's house, it can happen. But when you sustain that atmosphere, then you create a climate. Where climate, where there's no suffering. You walk into the Jehovah God Almighty, into His presence. And when you sustain that climate, then it brings you to be able to pull down the strongholds that bind the minds of men and women. And then you create a culture. And that culture is where you begin to walk in dominion and power and authority. I feel that dominion power here today. I feel that power here today. It's dominion over every spirit of darkness. Amen. My, 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 my. You may be seated for a minute and catch your second wind. I just want I just want to step into the word of the Lord and 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 see what He's going to do today. Everybody say prayer. Prayer, prayer is our foundation. And prayer is what everybody can do. And God answers prayer. And that's where our praise comes in. And when you begin to praise Him, you're praising Him for what He's already done. Let me ask Christian Life a question. Has He ever done anything for you? Has He been mighty, mighty good to you? And that praise is what He's already done. Then when you enter into worship, worship is what He's going to do today. What do you want Him to do today? Do you need anything from the Lord today? Amen. What do you want to see Him do today? And that's the powerful thing that we understand. You don't have to have to go there. I'm not going to be long in reading anything. First Peter 2 and verse number 4 and 5. So you also, as lively stones, are built up a spiritual house, a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God by Jesus Christ. Wherefore also, 
It's understanding and it's contained in the Scripture. And we realize, behold, I, I lay a cheap cornerstone, elect precious, and he believeth on. Skip down to verse number 9. But ye, but you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people, that you should show forth the praises of Him who hath called you out of darkness into this marvelous light. I wish you'd just go ahead and give Him a 30-second praise offering today here, a sacrifice of praise. What a great God that we serve. Woo! Glory! God has chosen you for such a time as this to see an end time revival. Does anybody believe that God's not through pouring out His miracles? That God's not through saving people? Woo! He, he's getting ready and He's got churches ready just like this one. You are a chosen Joshua generation. That's what I'm going to preach to you about. A Joshua generation that understands and knows their God. Woo! Glory! Put your Bibles down and clap your hands once again unto the Master of your soul. Oh, magnify the Lord. Oh, clap your hands on your people and shout unto God with the voice of triumph. Woo! Glory! Somebody shout yes. Somebody shout yeah, yeah. Somebody shout yes, yes, yes. You're going to have me preach you. May be seated. Amen. But you're not like all that you find in in First and Second Peter. For you have been chosen by God Himself. You are a priest of the King, and you are holy and pure. You are God's very own. All this so that you may show others how God called you out of darkness into this wonderful light. Once you were less than nothing, and now you're God's own. Aren't you glad to be God's? Amen. What a mighty God. And so once you were less than nothing, but now you're God's own. Once you knew very little of God's kindness, now your very lives have been changed by the power of God. And so the Lord is saying that I'm about to do something, and I have picked Christian life and chosen you to be a part of it. Somebody shout, don't pass me by. Don't pass me by. God wants this church to be an end-time revival apostolic church. Okay. I got my work cut out for me, Pastor. We're going to get their belief there. The next greatest move of the Spirit is going to include this church. There's a harvest coming. There's a harvest coming. And a change of season that I felt in the spirit world. It's harvest time of miracles. Can I get a witness in the house? When a harvest comes, that's when you see the manifestation of all you've been working for. That's all you've been praying for. Your families are coming in. Your lost loved ones are coming in. Because you're a chosen generation. You're a Joshua generation. Hallelujah. Everything that you've been praying for, God wants to bring it to pass. To those of you who have become weary and well done, let me tell you, it's harvest time of miracles for Christian life center. Amen. 
When a harvest comes, when you've been manifesting all of the things you've been working for. And I, I, I should go back there a little bit and tell you how much I, I like all you, met all of you, know all of you. But I don't have time for that. I do have time for this, Mother Chance. Good to see you. I love you very much. Amen. And so we look at it. When we get weary and well-doing, let me tell you, we have to do something. It says this. Get excited. Turn to your neighbor and say, get excited. Get excited and shout with a voice of triumph. I'm just going to step out of here a little bit right now. We need to understand what Psalms 47 and 1 is really talking about. You can throw that scripture up there, multimedia. Thank you so much. What what is a Psalms 47 and 1? Now we got this down, Pastor. We understand how to do this. We've got it down. But it says, Oh, clap your hands, all you people, and shout unto God. And what? And shout. And shout unto God with a voice of triumph. That means put some oomph behind it. Put, put a little action into it. So why don't we try that, not with your mouth closed, but with your voice. Clap your hands, all your people, and shout, and shout. Hallelujah! Jesus, I love you. Open that mouth and shout. Let God arise and every enemy be scattered. Glory, hallelujah. Woo! And shout, and shout, and shout with the voice of Christ. You know, most people don't really realize why they're, why they're doing that. Verse number 2, it really tells us, everybody says, why do I clap my hands and why do I shout with a voice of triumph? Because, number 2 says, that's number 2, number 3. Oh yeah, there it is. For the, no, go back, I'm sorry. For the Lord Most High is terrible. Now you know He's not terrible, but what that means, He's awesome. Young people would tell us today, He's an awesome God. Amen. So that means He's awesome. And He is the great King over all the earth. He's the King of kings and the Lord of lords. That's why we clap our hands and shout with a voice of triumph. Preceding that in verse number 3, it says, He shall subdue the people under us. That means everything that bugs God's going to put it under us. Maybe you don't have anything that bugs you out there in the world. But God said, if you'll clap your hands and shout unto God with a voice of triumph, I'm going to put everything under your feet and the nations under our feet. Y'all believe that? Well, verse, verse number, the next one, just throw it up. He shall choose our inheritance. Now, I was intrigued when I saw this. He shall choose our inheritance. For us. Everybody say, for me. You know what that really means? He's going to choose our blessing. You ain't listening to me today. Passed out the coffee and the donuts. He's going to choose your blessing. When you clap your hands and you shout unto God, you're giving God the highest praise, and He's going to choose your blessing. What kind of blessing do you need today? I need a blessing from God. I need Him to open up the windows of heaven and bless me. 
Go clap your hands, all your people, and shout, and shout. With the voice, with the voice, with the voice, with the voice of triumph. He's going to choose your inheritance. My God, what a powerful God we have. That's why you need to get excited. And if you can't, your exciter's broke, then get it fixed. It's as easy as that. Just get it fixed. And so the greatest comparison of the generation of Moses and Joshua... The first 11 verses of that tells us about Moses' generation and the Joshua generation. The Joshua generation is an unstoppable people. I believe this church is unstoppable. you got, you got a pastor that's not going to give out, give in, not going to go to the left or to the right. But he's got his eyes set up on the prize, and that's heaven. How many want to go to heaven? Woo! Glory, hallelujah. Joshua generates unstoppable people who do not become detoured in obstacles. It means they don't, they, don't, they don't let anything get in their way. They are committed to possessing the land. The difference between the two generations was that Moses' generation was excited what they had come out of and what they were delivered from, and that's great. But Joshua generation declared that they were going to overcome and they were going to take Manoah. They were going to take their city. They had their mind made up. You didn't build this building to just let it sit here, but you built it to fill it up. Amen? Joshua generation has that mindset. I've got to have revival. Let me just go ahead and tell you something real quick. Revival is in us. When you get revival in you, the harvest automatically is going to start walking in. And when you get him high and lifted up, for he inhabits the praises of his people, he said, and I will draw all men unto me. It's time to have revival like you never had it before. It's time to move up a little closer. It's time to say, we want more. I've got to have God more today than I did yesterday. I've got to have everything for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Glory, hallelujah. The Moses generation said, look what God has done. And the Joshua generation said, look what God's going to do i got a feeling God's up to something in this house. He's up to something. And so we, we really realize what it's saying to us. In Philippians 3 and 13, Paul was stating, he said, I'm reading out of NIV, No, dear brothers, I am still not all I should be, but I'm bringing all of my energies. What are you spending your energy on? I find sometimes in most churches, not this one, but they're always tired at church and they're always broke at church. Just thought I'd throw that in there. Y'all going to be all right? All right. I'm bringing all of my energies to bear this one thing. Forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. Forgetting everything behind you and looking forward to what lies ahead. Apostle Paul was in the process of turning loose and in releasing the things that were behind him. As he was convinced, 
there was something better in front of him. A lot of people get in this motion and they start reaching for things, but they hold on to their past. And they get stuck. You've got to let go of your past and reach for greater things. Why don't you lift up your hands and praise Him out of a grateful heart that you understand what Paul was saying to the church of the living God. He's a great God. My God. Amen. As long as you believe that the best of what's happened in the past, you'll hold on to the past. But the same God, but the same God, take you to where you're going tomorrow. You won't hold on to yesterday. You'll reach for tomorrow. You'll reach for greater things. Last, last Sunday, it's already gone. We're talking about today is the day of our salvation. What are we going to do today? I'm going to see God do some great exploits among us. We only hold on to the things we believe in. And I say this, salvation is just the beginning. A lot of people get baptized, get the Holy Ghost, and, and, and they just sit there and that's all they get. But that's just the beginning. I want you to shout with me. Would you, would you preach with me for a little bit? Everything that God has brought me out of is only preparation for what He's going to take me into. And I want it. And I want it. Everything. Everything that God has delivered me from is only preparation for what He's about to do in my future. He's about to show up and do great and mighty things that you know now. Glory, hallelujah. Somebody shout everything that God has done for me is only preparation for what He's about to do today. For what He's about to do today. Amen. No matter how you pass, your worst is over and your best is yet to come. Does anybody believe that? I believe the power of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Your worst is over and your best is yet to come. God's not going to force or impose Himself on you for something that happened just to prove that He's God. He's already opened the Red Sea. He's already opened blind eyes. He's already stretched forth withered hands. He don't have to prove He's God, but He's God. And He's God all by Himself. And He can do anything but fail. He's getting the church ready one day to get out of this whole world. This is the vehicle. Honey, stay with the church because the church wins. I've been reading the back of the book and the church wins. Glory, hallelujah. Hallelujah. You stay content. If you stay content of the God of your past, you'll sit back on your seat of do nothing and you'll never cross this Jordan. But when you get convinced that God has brought you where you are and taken you where you're going, you'll get up and you'll reach for what God has in front of you. You'll want everything that God has. Those who only fuss and complain what others don't do, they're miserable in their spirit. You need to rise up in your spirit today and say, we want more. We want more. 
We want more. We gotta have more. God will never give you any more than what you want. God's not gonna send in the harvest until you're ready for the harvest. You got to be prepared for those things. And the way that you're going to be prepared to minister is to let the Lord give you a heart of a servant. Joshua generation had a heart of a servant. Well, that doesn't mean that you you have to do this or do that. That just means that you want to serve the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. That means you want to give Him your best. Amen. Ephesians 3 and 20 21. Now glory be to God who by His mighty power at work within us, everybody say within us, is able to do far above than we could even dare or we could even think or we could even ask. Beyond our highest prayers, our highest desires and thoughts and hopes, Amen. That's the kind of God that we serve. May He be given glory forever and ever throughout endless age because of His master plan of salvation and for the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. He ought to get the highest praise. He ought to get all the praise. It belongs to Him. Amen. He's seeking for those that will praise Him and worship Him. He's seeking for it. My God. And then in Malachi, we understand what that says. God said He would personally get involved in your warfare. How many need Him in your warfare? He was talking to the obedient. He said, your crops will be large, for I will guard them from insects and plagues. Your grapes won't shrivel away before the ripen because the Lord of hosts. He said, I'll open up the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that you cannot contain. What a God. He said, you give and I'll give it back to you. Heaped up, shaken down, good measure, running over. I give Him praise. He gives us blessing. I get into worship. He begins to take care of my problems. Worship! God, Pastor, i got a revelation. Worship and deliverance are one. You can't separate them out. I need God to answer my prayer. I need deliverance. He said, worship and deliverance are one in my hands. You can't separate them. Amen. When you worship, the deliverer automatically steps into your life. He begins to say, hey, I'm the God that can do anything for you. I'm a God that understands it. By faith, by faith, it comes into existence. And so... We find in John chapter 2, and I'm closing. Some of you said, I'm glad. Just kidding. Verse 1 through 11, the characteristic of the Joshua generation is that they were willing to accept the mantle of assignment. The characteristics of one who serves with the humility of heart, going on to possess the land, John 2 talks about servants. And what you make happen for others, God's going to make it happen for you. What you make happen for others, God's going to make it happen for you. Amen. Every miracle that takes place involves a formula. He never talked about abundance unless he talked about obedience. He never talked about obedience unless he talked about abundance. Amen. Go wash seven times. Why didn't he say six times? 
He said, you go seven times and you're going to be healed. Amen. Amen. What God did. What God did. And understanding the obedience. He gave abundance. Abundance He gave obedience. And so, the spirit of obedience, there, there is never a miracle without instructions. Amen. So we go to the wedding. John chapter 2. It was heaven and west. The governor of the feast was there. And uh, they were having a good time. We talked about weddings today. I said, well, this just fits fine right here. <laughs> I'm glad some of y'all get married. That big old tall guy, where'd he go to? There he is. Man. Ah, Lord in heaven. You going to marry that one up there? In the crow's nest? Is that what I gather? You better behave yourself. And I know this one's going to get married. Whew, I've been knowing him for a little while. He sure did find a pretty little girl over there. Amen. So happy for him. They find themselves out of marriage. And, and we look at it, and God's not through doing what He said He was going to do. And they were having a great time. The governor of feast was there. And they were, Mary, Mary the mother of Jesus was there. And Jesus was there. Man, aren't you glad when Jesus is in the house? And I'm feeling strong here. When Jesus is in the house, anything can happen. He's in this house. He's here. I'm feeling strong here. And so they were running out of wine and they did end up running out and Mary felt the obligation of, of saying, what are we going to do about it? She said, I know that Jesus can. I carried that boy around and I knew there was a purpose for it. And so she talked to Jesus and said, we got to do something. He said, my time has not yet come. You know the story. And my time has not yet come. And so she started searching for some servants. Amen. So she said, I think I found one right here. If you're going to be a good servant, I think you're a good servant. Go ahead. Amen. And she said, I'm going to need a few more because they're out of wine. So I, I, he started looking for another servant. Can you help me? You look so comfortable there. I hate to bother you. Y'all just stand right up here. Mm. Uh, you know, you know, Big Daddy over there. Come, come here. Well, he's a big one, isn't he? I'd want him on my side if I was go going somewhere. I got to look up to him. He goes over and stand that standing line there. You know. Where's that guy that really sing? Where, where, Roger, where, where'd he go? My God, son. What a voice God gave you. Right. <laughs> Amen. And then, uh, you know, I wondered where that drummer was. I didn't, oh, oh, there he is. I, I believe these guys are Servant Mary was looking for servants. The Lord is looking for the true servants of this last day. Amen. 
two, three, four, one, two. It said they had six, so one, two, three, four, five. Boy, I wish I had to volunteer about right now. Come on, come on, Elder. I saw that jig come on you a while ago. Yeah, here we go. Oh, we already got somebody up there. I'm sorry. Thank you. You stay right there and help me shout. So y'all just scoot on over here a little bit more. And Mary said to the servants, Do whatever the Master tells you to do. And he, he was sitting there saying, My God, Mary, my Lord. So he said, Take these water pots. Can you act like you're holding water pots? However you want to hold them. Yeah, big one. And he said, uh, you know, we're out of wine, so. But I want you to go fill these water pots full to the brim. He didn't say half full. He didn't say three quarters full. He said fill them to the brim. I don't know why some people don't only come in and get $3 worth of God. When they can be filled up today. You can have as much as you want of Him. For it's all in Him. Amen. You know, there's a couple of times that I wasn't able to fill up. I had to get a half a tank. But I love it when I can, I can fill that thing up. And I love it when I've been in God's presence. And He just touches and magnifies and wraps His arm of love around you. Well, I feel Him here. Won't you just give Him a wave offering? Oh, hallelujah. And he said, go fill those water pots to the brim. And they did. Because that's what servants do. Now, in their mind, I suppose that they were thinking, we are out of wine. And water is not what the governor's looking for. And then he said, well, go and give that to the, to the governor. And you're still looking in that. And you know, water pots back then were used to wash their feet. So, you know, that, that, could, that could have been a dirty water pot. You don't ever know how dirty their feet were. But that's what it was used for. And so they were sitting there holding that thinking, what if he draws from these and it's water? We're going we're gonna to get in trouble. But the master said, go and take them to the governor of the feast. And when the governor of the feast tasted and he understood, he said, you had saved the best to the last. Church, I believe the best is yet to come. I believe he's saving the best to the last. I believe there's going to be a revival that you cannot contain. I believe there's going to be miracles, signs, and wonders because you created that atmosphere. You're sustaining that atmosphere. You created and you created that climate where things can begin to happen and you're sustaining that. And you created that culture where you're sustaining that. And you're going to begin to pull down the strongholds. And so, we find ourselves back and these guys automatically started smiling a little bit because they realized that the governor dipped into that wine. And then it was better than the previous wine. You know, they always say the best to the last. And so the, the congregation began to stand at this time and they began to realize and all the people around that 
somehow there was a miracle. And if God can do that miracle, He can do my miracle. He can answer my prayer. If God could turn water into wine, then He, then He can heal me. Then He can touch me. Then He, I'm just one answer away from that prayer being brought into life. Oh, I feel the anointing is strong. I want to present to you this, this fact. All of them were there. And they realized that the wine was there. And that happened. But before that, that miracle actually happened, the only ones that really saw it were the true servants of God. Nobody else out here knew that that miracle because Jesus told them to fill it up to the brim and then they took it nervously took it to the governor and then what happened what happened they're the only ones I submit to you today that the servants are the only ones that are going to see this end time revival that are going to see the miracles that are going to see the signs and wonders only the servants. I know sometimes you think servants is this, this, and that. But I'm talking about servants of the Most High God. You're doing things for Him. So would you lift up your hands in preparation for what God is going to do? For the miraculous hand of God. And would you begin to pray? And then would you begin to step out in faith believing that if He did that miracle, then He can touch my family. He can touch my life. He can answer my prayer. And step out of that aisle and begin to come to the front. Begin to move out of your seat and begin to say, God, I believe you. I know that you can do it. I know that you can do it. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Here they come all over. Hallelujah. Let faith arise. Begin to step out. Begin to move. Say, God, I believe it. Step into the flow of the Spirit today. I know that God is no respecter of people. I know that He can heal. I know that He can answer. Praise God. As they begin to move out. As they begin to feel into the power of the Spirit. Amen. Would you just worship Him once again? Would you forget everything around you and worship Him once again? Hallelujah. Praise and magnify the God of your salvation. Oh, hallelujah. Would others join out? Would others join here today and say, Hey, I just want to be a servant in the hands of the Lord God Almighty. I just want to be used by the glory of God. I just want to step in. Woo, I said, come on, church. Come on, church. 